You're listening to Life, the Universe, and Everything Else. Today on the show, Life Hacks! Life, the Universe, and Everything Else explores issues of science, critical thinking, and secular humanism. If you have questions or comments about the show, or you'd like to suggest a topic, you can find us on Twitter or Facebook, or send us an email at lueepodcast at winnipegskeptics.com. Show notes and references can be found at lueepodcast.com. My name is Ashlyn Noble, and I will be your host today as we test a variety of things in a very BuzzFeed-esque podcast. Uh, With me today, I have Laura Creek-Newman. Hi there. And Lauren Bailey. Hello. And this is proving to be uh, quite a short show. We we all tested as many things as we could, but didn't come to any long-winded conclusions. (laughs) So stay tuned to the end of the show for an excellent body hack related game Ooh, we might have a special walk. guest don't make me stand up <laughs> it's not that kind of body hack is it uh we'll see so first of all uh lauren in her capacity as professional office person okay <laughs> <laughs> uh, has tested a bunch of office hacks so really i looked around my office and i went huh i can do this on my lunch hour so we did. I went to a bunch of the life hack sites, the office hack sites, and I found of the nine or ten I looked at, we got probably about 20 different hacks. <laughs> Most of them had the same pictures on the articles. Yeah. So it was really hard to try different things. So I tried 15. So you're saying that life hack websites, one of the life hacks that they use is to just plagiarize each other. Yeah. Definitely. 100%. There is one listicle writer in the world, and they keep that person chained up somewhere in a basement, (laughs) and then everybody gets the content. Well, that seems unethical, but okay, cool. Alright, so I'm going to breeze through my 15 office hacks. The first one, binder clip arms, replacing broken keyboard feet. Oh, yes! I'm I'm so glad you did this. I want to (laughs) know! That one was everywhere! This one doesn't even make sense to me. No, it doesn't! I can't picture it. I totally should have brought, like, my keyboard and... So you know what the binder clips are, right? Yeah. They're the bulldog clips, they're the black, and then they've got the metal arms that come out of them. The silver arms, yeah. The silver arms. And the hack is to take the arms out of a binder clip and put them in the little divots where the little feet from the bottom of your detachable keyboard come in. I didn't realize that the first couple of times I read it. So here I am trying to clip onto the little nubbin. Oh. <laughs> They're snapping off and hitting me in the face. And I'm like, this isn't working. And then I looked at the thing again and read it for content like I should as a tech writer. And no, you take the arms off and you put them in the little nubbins. And you can't use the very tiny ones. And you can't use the medium-sized ones. You have to go to the extra-large size binder clips. Really? Mm-hmm. Because, well, for the keyboard I have. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Which is like a fancy Dvorak one, right? No. Well, I've seen it. It's it's like one of those split keyboards? Yeah, but it's not a Dvorak. Oh, okay. No, it's just a QWERTY with the split keys. Okay. It's cool, though. It's really cute. And the feet are broken, and I don't want to get rid of it. <laughs> and the new ones that they have in, because they have a new IT supplier 
are different and I don't want to change. So I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting with a flat keyboard. So this was a timely topic for you. <laughs> I've been sitting with a flat keyboard for the last, I don't know, about four years. <laughs> so once you finally figured out that you couldn't clip them on. Yeah. Then I took the arms out of a binder clip in the appropriate size. Like I tried, I sized them all up. <laughs> And I put them into the little nubbins, and I put my keyboard up, and it works. Really? My keyboard stands up. Hmm. And it's amazing. Wow. I did not expect that to work. I expected it to not be strong enough. Mm-hmm. Or to just, like, uh, flip out or something like that. When my desk gets dusted at the end of the night... This even happened with the old feet, and this is what broke the feet, is that they would get the keyboard would get knocked over. Mm. But now I push my keyboard tray moves up and down, so I push it underneath my desk, and the cleaners don't touch it. <laughs> but it does work. You also have lots of replacements if you need to <laughs> do this again. <laughs> I never have to replace my keyboard. I just have to replace the feet, and because what touches the the keyboard desk is metal, it does slide around a little bit, so right. I can put some tape or something on it. Mm. I haven't yeah. perfected it. But it is at a, a proper typing angle, and my wrists don't hurt. Nice! I have some, like, plasti dip for my metalworking tools at home. You could just dip the binder clip ends in the plasti dip, and then they <laughs> would be nice and stable. Yeah! Or I could just use some of the blue tacky putty that's also in the supply <laughs> I also am okay with this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> next. Okay, get ready. The next few were binder clip specific. Okay. So the next one is giant binder clips as phone stand. Have we seen this? You take two binder clips and you clip one onto the arm of another, and then the bottom one, that's like the one that's standing, it has the its arm sticking out so you can put your phone cord through it mm. as a phone cord holder, and then the other one holds up your phone from the back. Oh, okay. I've done this in the past, and it's worked, but then when you put the charger into your phone, you have to hang the bottom of your phone off of your desk. Right, yeah. And knowing me and my clumsy self, it's going to get smacked on the floor. Well, that's an accident waiting to happen there. Yeah. So instead, I have a phone case with a um, stand on it. And I can turn this sideways to charge. Much easier. We're down for one. Was good. The keyboard feet, the the, uh, phone stand, uh, binder clips, not so good. Binder clips are at 50%. 50% binder clips. Okay. Okay, number three. Straightened paper clips as a phone stand. Those sound really weak. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Again, partial success. This will stand your phone up. It may be useful if your office doesn't spring for binder clips. Or if you're working for your home office. And you really need to set it up so you you do the sort of the same thing where you straighten out one side and blah, blah, blah. Eh, don't bother. You're just going to end up with a lot of frustration. That sounds like a lot of work. Yeah. Oh, it's not even the most labor-intensive one on here. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Binder clips as cable storage slash headphone hanger. You clip it onto the end of your desk and you wrap your, your earbud headphones. Sounds semi-reasonable. Yeah, but this is me, and I know I'd be standing waiting for the bus, watching the bus come up, getting to turn my headphones on, and realizing that they're still wrapped around this janky thing that's attached to my desk. Mm-hmm. Not going to happen. I just keep them in a little case instead. What if you have a pair of, like, work-specific earbuds? That would work. You can also use it to hang on your cubicle wall for your bigger earbuds if you mm-hmm. need to. I'm coming from a space of privilege in my office, but 
we have things for this. <laughs> you could use binder clips for it. I guess it works. I don't like looking like I live in an Ikea. Well, and I think this kind of... I, I don't know that that even kind of qualifies as a hack, because a hack seems like it's supposed to disrupt and reinvent things, but this is sort of a this-is-all-I-have sort of mm-hmm. scenario, which I don't think... Yeah, I don't think that's the same thing. I ran into that a lot with these. I'm like, is this really a hack? And then I realized that it was on all 20 of the sites that I went to. So I'm like, they're <laughs> calling it a hack. I'm going to use it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, if they're putting it on there, then, you know, it's fair game, yeah. right? But is it truly a hack? I'm not getting into the <laughs> metaphysical office <laughs> hacks. So the last one with using binder clips is basically anything else using binder clips, like... Clipping your cables, clipping your blah, clip, clipping your blah. Uh, apparently I've turned into a, a cartoon vampire. I don't know. <laughs> so <laughs> binder clips can be useful for any application, but they may be more handy and cheap for a home office. You get some at Staples and you're good. You get a couple of boxes. You're good for the day. But if you have the ability to expense something else on the company dime, it's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next hack. We are off of the binder clips. Next one is key card in the back of the phone case. I didn't realize that this would be considered a hack. So if you have a flat key card, you know, just put it in the back of your phone case. So you can always just beep your phone against things instead of your key card. Hmm. I, I guess that's yeah. a hack. It's like Apple Pay, but you have to have a bulkier phone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's a partial success. I've done it in the past in other companies I work for, and it's fine. Like, I, or I would have it in my wallet and just kind of like lean my butt up against things. <laughs> <laughs> Currently, I have a key fob, so that really doesn't work. It's not a flat card. It's not going to work at all. And for people like me who would set this up on a Friday, so they would put the key card in the the back of the phone case on on the Friday afternoon going, oh, yeah, this sounds great. And then Monday, they're panicking because they can't find their work (laughs) key card. (laughs) Not a good idea. Now, have you ever had problems with the connectivity with a phone case? Like, do you find that it has always transmitted fairly well? Yeah, these were the old ones. Look, I haven't done this in probably, oh gosh. I last had a flat key card to 2009. So it was different. <laughs> different technology. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, number seven. This was my most hated. <laughs> it is a fork hack using a pen, scotch tape, and straightened paper clips. What? To make yourself a fork? Uh-huh. Oh, goodness gracious. What? Okay. Yeah, this is disgusting. It is a complete and utter fail. (laughs) Do not do. (laughs) These are my notes verbatim. Do not do. (laughs) For the purposes of science, I tried to make one, and no matter how tight I wrapped the tape to tape these three little straightened paper clip tines (laughs) to the back of my highlighter, they kept flipping around (laughs) like they're going to move. Could it, could it make, like, a spear, though? Like, could you at least make one tine and then spear your food? You might as well just uncap the pen and jab the... <laughs> yeah, I feel like maybe a paperclip would be slightly more hygienic. Have you been in an office? <laughs> no, thank God. Yeah, I would not put anything that goes in that office in my mouth. Mm. Yeah. So these tines, they keep slipping around, and the only thing that they are going to stab... They're not going to stab any food. They're not going to catch anything. The only thing they're going to catch is the inside of my mouth. Yeah. I did not actually put this monstrosity in my face because I do not want tetanus. Could I eat rice with this? No. Well, I'm imagining, so I was thinking, like, how, I'm just imagining this thing flipping all over, and then you said spear, so I'm like, so you're going to spear each grain of rice? I mean, if there's three tines, maybe they could, like, get some in between the tines. No, and then they, because as soon as you put it down into a, a thing of rice, they all 
flap apart. So right. it would end into the shovel with no base to it. And it's just no... Oh, like I said, I didn't attempt to put it in my mouth because I don't know the last time I opened up my junk drawer and sanitized my paper clips <laughs> and the back of the orange highlighter that I taped them to. <laughs> so if you're missing... If you forget to bring a fork to eat lunch, bag, borrow, or steal one instead. Or just use your fingers. They're less, <laughs> yeah, they're less li- likely to give you tetanus. Yeah. Just yeah. like Jem, I believe that salad is a finger food in the office. <laughs> I don't put dressing on it and I just... Pick it up, lettuce leaf by lettuce leaf. But yeah, do not use this fork thing. No. Gross. That's hilarious. I'd never heard of that one. Number eight was use a MacBook charger to open non-twist bottles. So this was a fail. What? My notes say, are you mad? Do not do this. Use a lighter or a spoon or anything else, anything other than the only thing providing power to your otherwise very expensive brick. (laughs) So the little MacBook charger, uh, you've got the tines and then it's... They seem to be sitting in an indentation, okay. and then you just try and flip the, the lid off of the bottle. No, don't do it. Gnaw your way in there if you need to. Don't well, do it. And considering, chances are, the thing that comes in the non-twist-top bottle is probably not necessary for consumption during work hours. You mm-hmm. can probably wait. Yeah, just have some water. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Number nine was plastic cup or plastic cup and toilet paper roll as iPhone speakers. Oh, yes, I saw that one. Yeah, so these are a partial success. The configuration does enlouden the phone sound. (laughs) (laughs) But for a busy... technical word. It is. If we can embiggen, we can enlouden. I don't believe we can embiggen. (laughs) The Simpsons said we can embiggen. It makes the sound louder. There you go. But for a busy office where extra sound is kind of frowned upon... Why would you even bother? Mm-hmm. It's more of a, oh shit, I have somebody coming over for, for dancing later, and I don't have a proper speaker. Yeah. At my office, the TP rolls are locked up, and they're the wrong kind, because they're the industrial toilet paper rolls, and we don't have plastic cups, so I would end up having to bring recycling from home to make this <laughs> speaker system at, at the office, and that is not happening. So I'm just going to unwrap my earbuds from around my binder clip and use them instead. <laughs> Be nicer to people. <laughs> Number 10, sticky note or scotch tape keyboard cleaner, which is a partial success. Oh, yeah. Yeah, method is time intensive, and you have to press hard to get all the gunk, and if you don't turn off your computer, then you're basically (laughs) just, like, typing G-G-G-G-G-G-G all the way along. Blame it on the cat. I don't have a cat in my office as much as I've asked. (laughs) I know. Just binder clips. So many binder clips. (laughs) We're drowning in binder clips. But to clean my keyboard, I use canned air, because I have access to that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And pro tip, if you don't want your keyboard to get ucky, don't eat over it. I don't know. Sounds like not a good life hack. <laughs> the not eating over a keyboard. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, I don't think that's, that's a realistic thing that people do. <laughs> or get one of the keyboards like my keyboard here that doesn't have the indents in between things. Mm-hmm. But in order to keep my really awesome keyboard, I have to have <laughs> Yeah. The next one, number 11, so we're almost done. Mug as a burrito, or donaire, or pita, or wrap holder. Oh, okay. I was like, wait, mug as a wrap? What? Yes. <laughs> just put all the ingredients in the mug, and then slide them into the yeah, Make sure there's some coffee refuse at the bottom. <laughs> oh, gross. But the sad thing is, I'm sure that happened. Yeah. <laughs> So this is a partial success. Mm -hmm. Yes, a mug will hold your similarly sized cylindrical food upright. (laughs) It is a thing that will happen. Who would have thought? (laughs) 
did you go get a rap to test this? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So, is it really important to have it standing upright on your desk, though? It's like a vase full of rice. Right, so that while you're typing, you can lean over and take a bite. <laughs> oh my god. See, this is where so- somebody like that really should have just skipped the whole rap and had like the mug just slide it into yeah. their face. Yeah. So why can it not be horizontal on your desk, though? I've had burritos and I put them down on my desk and gone to like turned around and worked. It will not destruct in an awesome fashion. It will not happen. I will say that somebody who's not a very good rap roller... If you don't wrap it tight enough, it It might. Mm -hmm. And if you've taken the wrapping, the entire wrapping off... Which is foolish. Which is foolish. You're absolutely right. If you've taken that all off, and it's not wrapped tight enough, then there is a higher chance of deconstruction all over your keyboard, in which case so many sticky notes are going to be needed. (laughs) (laughs) A whole roll of scotch tape. Yeah. So if your food doesn't explode... This just basically screams, look how busy I am. I am too busy to stop for lunch. Which is awful. Yeah. Bad, bad, bad. Yeah. I know that I'm going to forget that this mug is my burrito holder. It's going to be like the paint water, (laughs) not paint water thing, where I'm going to reach over for my coffee and then get a face full of, like, (laughs) refried beans or something. (laughs) Yeah. coffee tastes like lettuce. (laughs) It tastes like sadness and smushed burrito. So this one I didn't try, this next one, number 12, but it follows the exact same pattern. In addition to your coffee cup as your burrito holder at work, your car coffee cup holder as a burrito or donair or pita or wrap holder. So you have it sitting right there as you're driving. No, bad plan. You can't even lean over that far to take a bite. What's no. the point? Just love- leave the tinfoil on. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah like, wait, wait. <laughs> the pictures show them with the tinfoil still on, like, they're just unwrapped a little bit, and then you roll the paper down with the, you know, so you've got all the problems as with the, the office paint cup, as well as the distraction of driving. <laughs> Wait till you get where you're going. Yeah. Please. I, yeah, otherwise, well, think about slamming on the brakes and then just having chunky salsa all over your car. No. Everywhere. Don't do it. Number 13, egg carton as a laptop stand or air circulator. Oh, yes. Partial success. Didn't try it because I don't have egg cartons at work. But we've seen them in the past. We've That's how old-fashioned laptop air circulators worked. Lauren, this doesn't sound like good science. It works, but it would involve me, again, bringing more recycling to work in order to set up the system. Not going to happen. So the grade three art projects are far in my past, and I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I don't think I'm the target audience for these lists, ladies. <laughs> So I I say keep your egg cartons at home and start your seedlings in them instead. That's a good life hack. Yeah. Number 14, using washi tape to personalize your chargers or keys on your keyboard. Like putting little pieces of washi tape on your keyboard to say, here's the one where I use the macro for this one. No. No. Just don't. Don't do it. But it would be adorable. It's like decorative tape that is mostly, it's like paper tape. And so it doesn't stick super well and it's usually pretty thin. But it comes in like hundreds of amazing colors and patterns and I have a lot. Ashlyn's laptop is covered in washi. Well, it's mostly accidental washi, though, because it's just nearby when I'm doing stuff with washi tape, so it gets the leftover bits stuck to it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm not putting washi tape all over my office. There's enough food in my house. So number 15, putting magnets underneath your desk to organize your office supplies. I love it. Yeah, until you smack your knee into your scissors for the 17th time. Use a drawer like a normal human being. (laughs) 
office is really cheap and doesn't give you drawers. Then put a cup and put your thingies in it on your office, de- on your desk. Your scissors do not need to hang like Batman. <laughs> Those are my 15 office life hacks. They're the same on every single website that's out there. Really, the only one that I found useful was the keyboard feet. Hmm. So this podcast got Lauren's keyboard off of horizontal. Yep. We've done some good in the world this month. We have prevented wrist strain for Lauren Bailey. Yeah. Cheers. Quite honestly, I think that's a pretty good hit rate for some of these life hacks based on some <laughs> of the suggestions that were given. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy with that amount. That's, that's good. Yeah. It, uh, a lot of these hacks definitely seem like, yeah, you need a whole lot of cardboard recyclables in order to do them, mm-hmm. which in an office environment you wouldn't have. And Depends on the office, because there's a lot of cardboard kicking around mine. I don't want there to be. But, but it's not the right kind of cardboard. No. Like, it's all very much like, like you said, like housewares kind of mm-hmm. cardboard that you would require. So, yeah, that's, you're kind of crossing boundaries. So I guess if you're setting up your home office. Yeah. Maybe. But if you can expense something through the office expenses account, go right ahead. Yes. I was really sad that Lauren didn't try the one where you can make tiny airplanes out of office supplies and fly them around your work. I didn't know that that was a hack. I just thought that was something that we did when we were bored. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like that's a that's a time waster. Well, it's more of a hack than some of these things, like clipping uh, a binder clip to the edge of your desk to wind your headphones around. Yeah, and that's yeah. just it's just so At long to unwind your headphones. Is entertaining. <laughs> yeah. I make those during meetings with paper clips on the noses, and then I just throw them at people. I am not the most mature person in my office. <laughs> Gathered. I don't know why I've been there for a decade. I don't know why they keep me around. They haven't listened to this podcast. Because you write good words. There you go. I write words good. <laughs> like in Big and, and Loudon. Alright, so I wanted to try something that was going to be testable and repeatable, ideally. Oh, science! Yeah, I wanted to science this shit. (laughs) Uh, I also didn't want to do 100 loads of laundry, so uh, my original plan for testing out the towel thing, whether you should put a dry towel in with your wet towels to make them dry faster, I didn't do that. So we'll just, we'll leave that to Laura. I didn't do it. I forgot that one. Uh, 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 And Lauren sent me the link to a trick that was supposed to help me with a problem that I have. (laughs) Not the problem that our listenership is going to think. So I have a really hard time brushing my teeth and especially my tongue because I have a really active gag reflex. And it's really only this one activity that it effects because as listeners to the show know, I have a real problem with saliva and things that happen in mouths and the combination of a toothbrush and like thinking about foam in my mouth and oh, it just grosses me out and I gag and it's not good. So we have very thin walls in the house. <laughs> I, I sleep right beside the bathroom and he, I can hear when Ashlyn's coming to bed by going, <laughs> I'm like, oh, Time for cuddles. (laughs) So Lauren told me about this trick that she saw online, where supposedly if you clench your thumb in your fist, so you put your thumb in first and then close all your fingers around it and hold really tight. Do not punch anyone or you will break your thumb. Right. It is supposed to stop the gag reflex in its tracks. And some of the websites that I saw said specifically the left 
thumb, not the right thumb. I don't know why. Some of them weren't that specific. Would it be different for me as a Southpaw? I was not able to find that information, but I did find other people asking that question. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So there is some support for being able to kind of hack your reflexes, because this is like the... Uh, the pharyngeal reflex, right? It's it's not something that you can really consciously control. Right. But there is something called the gendrosic maneuver, where if you clench your teeth, and at the same time you clench your fingers into sort of hook shapes, and then put both of those, like, hook shapes together, so you're, like, holding on to your fingers. Um, if you do both of those things at the same time, and then someone attempts to do, like, the hammer on your knee thing to get your uh, patella reflex to go, if you compare when you're doing the maneuver to when you're not doing the maneuver, the one where you are doing the maneuver will be more pronounced. And so it's apparently a way that doctors can check that reflex more uninhibited. So you'll kick more? Yeah, you'll kick more when you're distracted by this maneuver, basically. And the mechanism of how it works is, essentially, you are concentrating too hard on holding all of these muscles in the right position to think about your knee. Right, adding your tummy and rubbing your head. Right, yeah. Okay. So you're distracted enough that you're not thinking about what your knee is doing, and so it's able to swing more freely, I guess. Not waiting for the hammer to fall. (laughs) Basically, this trick did not work for me. I tested it morning and night for most of the past two weeks, and there was at no point one that I did not gag at all, which is normal for me. Um, I felt like maybe it was a little less sensitive, like a tiny bit, but not enough to make any real difference. But I have found online there's a lot of anecdotal evidence from a bunch of people who say this works for them. Hmm. So uh, I don't know if mine is just more like, psychologically activated rather than the physical act of brushing my teeth. But, like, there's even dentists and stuff that say that they get their patients to do this, and they're not sure if it's some, like, stimulation of of the nerves that will interfere with the gag reflex. And apparently, I'm going off a tangent here, but uh, up to, like, 30% of people don't have a gag reflex at all. At all? At all? Yeah, yeah, which seems dangerous. That, that does seem dangerous. I can see a very, a very, um, uh, not sensitive mm-hmm. one where it's like only if you were actually choking on something would you have yeah. a gag reflex. But really, 30% have well, that, none at apparently all. Apparently people who can like really chug beers down in like record times, those people just ha- don't have any gag reflex and that's how it works. Oh. Yeah. I've trained mine over <laughs> many activities and many years to Doesn't work so well? Well, I'm... Yeah. <laughs> So I'm to be delicate here. <laughs> the the same dentist that I saw talking online attribute it basically to just distracting the patient. So along with clenching your thumb, they also suggest like a stress ball or uh, keeping people distracted or even just continuously saying ah because that keeps your mind off of the activity. If people are told this by their dentist or other health professional, maybe they're going to think it works more, mm-hmm. so they might give it more of a credence. Right. Saying my dentist told me to try this and it will work. I heard mm-hmm. that, but a, uh, it's not. that's not supposed to work on reflexes. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what our bodies do, man. They're weird. Yeah, bodies are awesome and wacky. Once I figured out that this was not working for me, 
I tried to find other methods online of suppressing the gag reflex. You can imagine the sorts of websites I found. <laughs> and then I tried yeah. to Google more specifically <laughs> while brushing teeth, while at the dentist, yada yada. Yeah. Um, so there are like numbing sprays that you can get if you're really desperate, which seem to work okay. The The only other suggestion that seemed to have any sort of plausibility other than distract yourself was to just desensitize yourself over a period of time. So start, you know, forward on the tongue and brush just a little bit and then keep going backward until you find that spot and do that for a week and then go a little further and go a little further. And, right. Yeah. Which sounds awful. <laughs> yeah. You, you have to really be in the right frame of mind to want to go through that kind of thing. Yeah. So you so, did not try the desensitization Well, I technique? didn't feel like I really had enough time at this point right. when I realized that this other thing was not going to work. So... <laughs> Go yeah. to Panzac, we can try a whole different <laughs> So yeah, I thought it was a cool trick and apparently the just the idea of distracting yourself with a different sensation is enough for a lot of people that this will work, but it doesn't work for me. But it has nothing to do with the fact that it's that thumb and that specific nerve you're pushing on or anything. I there's... couldn't find any real support for okay. that so other than no a little bit of speculation about it. Okay. Are you it's... sure it didn't have to do with the chakra there and the pressure <laughs> point? I, I and saw maybe a lot how of the people... Li- how the moon and mercury were aligned? I, I saw the words that... acupressure used a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, there was this one website that almost sounded plausible until they got to the point where they were like, yeah, so many people write to this website telling me that their children have a really hard time taking cod liver oil every day because of a gag reflex, and cod liver oil is the most important thing that you can feed your children to avoid them ever getting sick. Is this and the 1930s? <laughs> when did the 1930s get a website? Uh, so this, I was like, oh, bye-bye. Was bye this bye. the Weston A. Price Foundation by any chance? <laughs> no, it was some sort of, like, crunchy mama blog. Um, yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> Should we take cod liver oil every day, no. Laura? Will it help me to never get sick again? No. <laughs> How about your omega-3 fish burps? Oh, I hate them so much. <laughs> Taking it at night has helped, though. I haven't had any fish burps since. This is good. This is good. The worst. <laughs> the worst nine hours ever. It was not helping my gag reflex research. <laughs> yeah, no Oh, yeah. Bad timing to do two gut-related things. <laughs> So I did a bunch of the typical around the house life hack type things that you'll see in most of those 101 life hacks or 50 incredible life hack type websites. And very much like like yours, Lauren, I saw the same things coming up over and over mm-hmm. again for the last five years worth of <laughs> listicles. Yeah. So... Yeah, there's not there's not a whole lot of creativity here, but I picked some that I thought one that I had time to do and the things to do and two that I thought were actually testable. Do they involve recycling? No, I specifically did not choose any of the recycling related ones. I have a good reason for this because a lot of the life hacks like the around the house hacks require you to store a lot of recyclables. For example, yes. there's this one where it's like, organize all your cords in one box. So they have a cardboard box. I guess it was a shoe box or something like that. And you use toilet paper rolls or paper yeah, towel rolls to put all of your, like you wrap them up and you put your cords in. Well, that's great, but you can't put that together until you have 
12 of those things or however, like, in my mind anyway, it's like you have to collect all these things in order to put that project together. So I'm not hanging on to 11 toilet paper rolls until I get the 12th one to do it. So that's a thing. Or they require me to keep things like bread clips, which, why? Why do I keep these things? There is zero reason to keep these things. I'm not collecting them. Like, I don't need a purpose for them. Their purpose is the garbage can. Like, that is it. So I specifically shied away from a lot of those things. And I saw a lot of the ones, like, you had, like, um, there were many variations on the magnify the speakers on whatever device things. Mm -hmm. And some of them, again, were sort of like, well, if this is all you got, I yeah. guess this is a hack. But I wouldn't say, oh, no, you don't need to buy those speakers. Just use these solo cups cut in half, put on top of your, on top of your laptop. No. So, no, I did not do that. So the things that I did do, I tried to be as scientifically rigorous as I could with the available things. Look at you two, all science and stuff. Mine took a lunch hour. <laughs> <laughs> It's all good. Mine did not take much longer than a lunch hour. <laughs> so the first thing that I did, the suggestion is to take a walnut. When you have fur wooden furniture that is scratched, take a walnut and rub it on the scratch okay, yeah, and it will that. get rid of the scratch, right? It'll be good as new. And so I did that upstairs on one of my, on our coffee table, which is torn up. <laughs> And I will show you guys the before and after photos. Now, of course, our that audience... That makes good, good listening. I know, um, I know. But I just wanted... This one was hard to do without the photos. So we mm -hmm. can put the photos in the show notes <laughs> if you want. On so our anyways, Facebook so That is the before photo. Okay. Okay. Yeah, pretty, pretty messed up. Okay. Now, yeah, quite messed up. Um, I took a piece of walnut and I went over the entire bottom section there, just on that face. Mm -hmm. And this is the after photo. Okay. Okay. It took about five years worth of... Yeah. So there's some improvement. And honestly, <laughs> there was more improvement than I thought. I really didn't think mm -hmm. that this was going to do much. Yeah. Um, like there's uh, so one... I have a question. Was yes. it like a naked walnut or the walnut shell? What was no, it it's like, a, like the nut nut. Because okay. you need the, the, the oil I feel like that's a pretty it. light color, though. Like, maybe it would work better on lighter color I think it's, it has more to do with the oil oh, okay. in it. And, I, like, I honestly Darkening think it, it is. Yeah. Because I've thought about doing that for that scratch on our living room floor that Dave put in with that table. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and, and for the listeners, if you don't see the photo, my coffee table has a fairly dark stain on it. It's a really soft kind of cheap wood that has a dark stain. So the wood underneath is very light, um, but the stain is dark. So... There actually was an improvement I with it. I want to see them side by side. Yeah, it definitely didn't cover anything that where the stain, the stained part of the wood where the finish was totally taken off. That was mm -hmm. that's just going to stay light colored. But for the things that were light scratches and quite fine, it actually did fill them in fairly well. You could still see the the texture difference yeah. depending on how hard it was, but you can the color difference. There's wasn't like this there. one line in particular that I can see is much much less. Yes, it's like right in the middle. Yeah. There, it's like it's a pretty pronounced, like it's very thin, but it's a pretty pronounced sort of like loose S shape, and it's all like mostly gone mm -hmm. in the second photo. Yeah, and I didn't rub it. Impressed. I didn't put the the walnut on for very long. It took maybe one or two minutes of rubbing it in, like no, one minute at most. <laughs> um, so it worked ish. You know, if you had a little scratch on something and you wanted to catch it early, sure. Why not, right? Cool. But if you have a big gouge, it's definitely not going to fix your gouges. I'd want to see it, like, side by side with Pledge. 
Yeah. Yeah. Or what they they also have those, um, they're sort of like crayons yeah, that are in yeah. different stains that are meant for this kind of thing. And I, so a trial with that would be good. I guess it's, it's the kind of thing where it's like, oh, shoot, I'm having company over and I just scratched this yeah. table. Sure. Yeah. Why not? Give it a go. Right. But or I'm never going to go out and buy a product for this, but I have a walnut. Yeah. <laughs> but I got walnuts. <laughs> it's Christmas and there's a thing of walnuts on the table. I'm just going to color this in to try it. Yeah. So that's, you know, it, it worked. It was okay. One thing to note, though, is that if you do want to do this and you're doing it to a, a lot of your furniture, keep in mind that you now have nut oil all over your furniture, mm-hmm. which should somebody who's highly allergic to nuts come into your house and start t- touching said furniture could be a serious problem. So yeah. if you do this, remember and tell people not, you know, warn people before yeah. they touch your wooden furniture. That's really the biggest downside to it. My coffee table is a walnut. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My living room is an anaphylactic risk. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. All right. So on to my next hack. So this one for all the cold beverage fans out there. Wrap a wet paper towel around yes. your beverage, put it in the fridge, and it'll get cold faster. Now, depending on the, the listicle that you read, it'll either say get cold faster, or it'll say it'll be ice cold in 15 minutes. I saw that claim on one of them, mm-hmm. too. I took... Two plastic water bottles, like the 500 ml standard clear water bottles of water that were kept in a cool basement, um, but not refrigerated. I took the temperature of both of the bottles. I put my digital probe inside the water. Nice. Okay. They both came out at 13.7 degrees Celsius. So then I took a, well, it was a double ply wet paper towel because our single ply ones are really crummy. So anyway... Made a pa- wet uh, paper towel wet, wrapped it around one of the bottles, put now them both in... what was your in- method for making the paper towel wet? I put water from the tap. If we're, we're going to do science here, we need to... I, took, <laughs> I turned the tap onto cold, I soaked the paper towel, then I wrung it out so that it was still wet, but not sopping. So it was cold water. So may that have contributed to your Laura, results? where's your lab book? <laughs> I don't know. I should have made it 13 degree water. I'm sorry. (laughs) She's never going to let us come over again. Anyway, I put both bottles in the fridge for 10 minutes. At the 10 minute mark, I tucked them out, opened them up, tested them. The bottle without the paper towel was at 12.8 degrees. The paper towel bottle was at 12.1 degrees. Okay. Okay. So I put them in, back in the fridge for another 10 minutes. At the 20 minute mark, the regular bottle was 11.3 degrees. The paper towel bottle was at 10.3 degrees. So a full degree difference at this point. So yes, technically the paper towel one was cooling it down faster. So true. Thing is, when you tasted both of the bottles... They're pretty much the same. Yeah. Right? The human body's not going to notice, or our taste buds at least, are not going to notice a big difference, like a one degree difference. Now, had I left it in for 30 minutes or even an hour, perhaps there would have been a greater temperature difference between the two of them. But at that point, I've also left a bottle in the fridge for an hour. This is not a (laughs) hack. This is not a shorter, make my life easier and faster kind of thing because Mm -hmm. my bottle's been in for an hour. So it definitely won't make your bottle of beverage ice cold in 15 minutes or anything like that. But technically, it does make it get cold faster. Hmm. I always thought that this worked really well, but I've never done a controlled version of it. I've always just, 
You know, and I I wonder if it would work better with canned drinks because of the metal conductivity. It I've could. Al- I've always heard it works with glass. I've never heard with it done with bones? plastic. Yeah. yeah. And I wanted to do it with glass, but I did not have any that was not mm. already chilled. And uh. it was at the point where I didn't have the time to let it come up to a warm yeah. enough temperature <laughs> to actually do that. So I did, I took what I had available. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the cans. I only had cans that were all chilled, so it really wasn't... Yeah. A good control. Water bottles or nothing. It was water bottles or nothing. So maybe, I mean, the plastic is really thin on these bottles. Yeah. Yeah. So I can't imagine that there's a lot of insulation from it. Maybe there is. You know, there it may work a lot better with a different substance. But, I mean, hey, if you want a really cold water bottle and you're trying it with this, I can tell you it's not going to make an appreciable difference. Even though it technically works. Yeah, I definitely would have thought that this one would have been a slam dunk win. Yeah, I was pretty skeptical. I I didn't think it was going to work at all, and I was actually pleasantly surprised to see that, oh, it actually did make it cool down faster. <laughs> technically, um, this worked. Technically, it worked. But, yeah, it didn't work in the, in the hack fashion that it said it would. If you have a bag of ice, though, something that definitely works is, like, putting ice in water and then salting it and then putting your drinks in it. Like, yeah. those things will be cool. Yes, and that is a common <laughs> that is a common hack that you'll see with things. Yeah. I think the Mythbusters did that one too. Probably. Yeah. I love the Mythbusters. <laughs> the next hack that I tried, put a wooden spoon across a pot of boiling oh. pasta to stop it from boiling over. Well, now depending on which site you see, some of it will say it will stop it from boiling o- over, full stop, or it will boil over more slowly. <laughs> is what some of the sites will say. Okay. And somebody's Italian grandmother says. Yeah. So, again, I tried to be all sciencey. I took two pots of approximately equal size. I put six cups of water in each of them. <laughs> I put them both on the stove and turned the, both elements that are the same size to high at the same time. Brought them to a boil. Then I took two boxes of KD, Kraft Dinner, macaroni and cheese for anybody outside of Canada. <laughs> poured it in at the same time. Gave it each a good stir. And let it come to a a roar and boil. And one pot I put the wooden spoon over, the other one I left nothing. The pot that had the spoon over it did start to bubble up like you would expect from pasta water, especially easy refined pasta like Kraft Dinner pasta. Kraft Dinner is the worst for boiling over. Exactly. It's definitely going to do that. And so so it did bubble up and it did... The bubbles did break apart as it started to hit the spoon, and it seemed like it took longer for it to boil over. It seemed like it didn't get that same dome of things. And that would make sense because that spoon is breaking up the bubbles, Mm -hmm. right? So it was just smaller bubbles forming rather than something big. Eventually, it did sort of start to trickle over the side, so it did still boil over, and I had to turn the heat down, which is what I would normally do to prevent (laughs) boiling over. But that's beside the point. So subjectively it seemed like it took longer than with that one problem was the other pot never boiled over at all (laughs) um it was at a roar and boil the whole time but never boiled over but what i didn't take into account was that the other pot had teflon on the inside okay so I'm thinking the non-stick pot stopped it from boiling over. Life hack. So boil life your on, pasta in a in Teflon a non- pot. In a Teflon pot. There you go. Because it was on the, what I would say is arguably the hotter element of the two large elements. And it was on full heat the whole time. And it never boiled over. I didn't never even, even know get pots close. came in non-stick. 
This is a very cheap pot that we bought. <laughs> Pots don't often come in nonstick, but this one is. Um, it's Jem's chai tea making pot, and it, oh. it makes very good tea. But it, it was the only one that I had that was of appreciable size to the other ones, yeah, so yeah. I went for it with that. But so this was not as sciencey. I had errors in my method. It was flawed. But coming out of this, no, the the wooden spoon definitely did not stop it from boiling over. Maybe it took longer to boil over. But like I said, just turn the heat down a little and you'll be okay. <laughs> like that's how you fix it. Or if you really need to boil everything at high heat, yeah, choose a Teflon pot. I think that's going to fix that for you. We have done, we have broken new ground in the area of life hacks today. So. I feel so proud. Oh man, <laughs> mine's blown all over the place, right? Like. Now okay. we just need to figure out what the mechanism of that is. <laughs> well, I had seen something, I'm trying to find it now, that said that this was baloney. That, that said that the, the spoon over the pot was baloney? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I'm just trying to find it now. I, I admit that, I, like, after looking at all of these life hack articles, when I was making pasta for stroganoff the other day, I did put a wooden spoon over the pot and was just like, hmm, I wonder if this will work. And it didn't boil over, but I'm not sure if it would have anyway. Right. Because I didn't have a control. Yeah. And that's the thing. And that's, so I wanted to be very, as rigorous as I could be and have as many controls as I possibly could in these things. Okay. So I have a couple other uh, little hacks that I tried. Uh, one says, you know, when you're cracking eggs and you inevitably get a little piece of eggshell in there, if you're being clumsy or not paying attention or something, and then you try to fish it out and it's really hard to fish out, wet your finger and it'll be really easy to get it. So I cracked an egg. I did not get any eggshell pieces in, but I broke some off the edge and put them in and stirred them around so that they went to the bottom the to make it really hard. Science. The things we do for science. Um, and then I took my dry finger and I just put it in the egg and yeah, eventually I got it, but it was hard and it was annoying. All a that. Stopwatch? Sorry, I did not use a stopwatch. This is all just very subjective. But then I went, I washed off my finger and then I made, I dried it off to make sure that there was no egg residue left. And then I wet my finger again, but did not dry it off. And it worked really well. You could hit the eggshell immediately. It was never a problem. Interesting. So this, I would say, is a hack. Again, maybe not a hack, because I'm sure there are cooks out there that are like, yeah, you don't do that, really? But It's something that's not immediately intuitively obvious. Right. And I was never taught to do that as a kid, so I didn't grow up. I'm sure some people were. But from now on, I will try to remember, just wet your finger and it'll make life way easier when you're or fishing out eggshells. crack your eggs into a different bowl first. Well, you still gotta get it out if you want to pour your egg into something else. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, yeah, there's, there's ways to get around it, but this one actually works surprisingly well. Did you try using another piece of eggshell to get it out? I've also seen that. I did not, but once. I've heard that that one yeah. works. Apparently but you're just supposed to use the eggshell itself to scoop out your bit of egg. No, like, that it's leads supposed to a to... chain reaction of eggshell in my bowl, <laughs> anger and throwing across the room kind of thing. <laughs> like, I, I think that the theory behind that is that, like, the, the membrane something or other attracts itself. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Ampersand's sad that she's been locked out of the room. <laughs> yep. She doesn't fit between the bars anymore. <laughs> Too much eating snowflakes food. <laughs> okay, so I tried one other egg hack. Because Ooh. I had the egg ha cracked already. Yeah. So I don't know if you've seen this one, but to separate eggs easily, take one of those plastic water bottles, like the kind that I was oh, chilling I earlier. I have seen this, yeah. Empty it out. Oh, goodness. And hold it over the egg yolk. Like, squish it, hold it over the egg yolk, and then release. It'll suck up the egg yolk, and then just like squeeze it again, and it'll pour it into another dish. 
Yeah. It worked! Really? Over and over again. And it, it worked didn't take really any well. Of the egg white with no, it? No, it just sucked the egg yolk right out. That's bizarre. It was. <laughs> Laura's fridge is full of separated eggs. <laughs> <laughs> I assume she used the same one. I used the same one. <laughs> but I did, like, pour the white back over it so that it yeah. was kind of mixed in. Yeah. But yeah, it worked. Why doesn't the water bottle want the egg white? That's I don't so know. Weird. I'm just, and I'm really impressed that it had like that it has the right amount of suction to not break the yolk, mm-hmm. especially when you're trying. Like I could imagine that the suction to pull it into the bottle would work, but I expected it to break coming out. Like I did not expect to be able to do it over and over again and keep this yolk intact. But it totally worked. That's bizarre. So. Again, you have to trust that one, your water bottle is clean, right? Or two, you have to know that you can really clean a crushed water bottle, which is going to be hard to do and I wouldn't trust. And those things aren't meant for reuse anyway. Mm -hmm. But it works. (laughs) So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you drank out of the water bottle and you're the one that's going to be eating the eggs. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I get, yeah. Like there's, there's ways that it would work. But I don't know why you would have to resort to this, but it totally worked. And I did not expect it to at all. I'm always surprised. Yeah, Yeah. I'm I'm surprised that there are so many, like, single-use egg separator gadgets out there. Like, you can get those ones that horrify me that look like it's coming out of someone's nose or something. You you pour the egg in and it separates them all. It's so gross. I'm just like, why do you need that? You have hands. Yeah. I have never separated an egg yolk from an egg white with anything but my hands. I mean, sometimes I just use the shell. I've all, like, I always use the shells. Mm-hmm. One of our, our old set of measuring cups came with an egg separator on top. Yes. So I tried that, but I found that some of the really big eggs would just sort of spill over, and yeah. then sometimes mm-hmm. the yolk would fall out. And that's disaster. It is disaster. So that was... Yeah, but I've always just used the shells. Yeah, I've never used the shells. I've always found that too fussy. I was just like, eh. My hands are clean. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. But so Laura definitely had the most success out of all of yes. us. <laughs> yeah, there were some things. I mean, I will say that I, I did choose ones that were maybe more likely to work, or I, I especially I chose ones that were testable. Yeah. Now, like I said, there was a whole bunch of hooey on some of these sites. Like, one of the lists of 50 life hacks included something like, drink pineapple juice, because... It is five times better than cough syrup, and it prevents colds. What? <laughs> what? That's not a life hack. Like, that's not true. Or the other one is like, dark grape juice prevents, I don't know, like... Scurvy. Yeah, like, no, not, not even, like, it was something, something like strokes or some kind of, I don't know. Oh, it was that's just like, dangerous. Yeah, it was, it was really, like, unscientific, untestable, just... When ugh. I was looking up your spoon one there, IFL Science did a... A whole bunch of why these life hacks are baloney. So, <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a fun article to read. Yeah, I bet that would be good. Yeah. Oh, here was another one: drink apple juice before going to bed for sweet dreams. What? No, if you drink apple juice before you go to bed, you have to get up at three a.m. to pee and then brush your teeth again because the taste of the apple juice has come back up into your mouth and <laughs> everything is awful. Lauren has tried this hack and it did not work. <laughs> Lauren had a childhood. <laughs> Yeah. Baby so, Lauren needed to brush her teeth at three in the morning. Oh. So there, yeah, there were a lot of things like that. Or I noticed the, you didn't do any coconut oil ones, Laura. I didn't see coconut oil really? ones. I probably mm. needed to look for like coconut oil yeah. hacks and then I would have had like a thousand and one uses for coconut oil. Has that it's, trend faded? Yeah, it's, no tw- it's not 2016 anymore. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's not, you know, it's not the only thing. But if there was a keto hack, then I'm sure I would have found something. There's a great one on here that I'm just trying to find. Bear with me. There were a lot of hacks like use your Doritos to start fires. I really yes. wanted to try that one. <laughs> there were a lot of more. those. Yeah. Yeah. This one I did not get to try, but it sounds really good. Find lost items with your vacuum. You put like a yeah. stocking over mm. the the hose and then vacuum around corners yeah. or where you lost something. Again, things like that, just, you know, common sense. Put a grid over the suction tube. Yeah. But I, I will say I wouldn't have thought of doing that. Like, I personally would not have. So just mm. seeing it done there, it's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Also, I don't have a lot of stockings or pantyhose lying around, so it's not something that I'm just kind of looking for ways to something use. Something of our mother's generation. Yeah, when, yeah. When I was growing up, in order to find needles or pins that got lost in the carpet, we just had my dad walk around because he'd find them within, like, 30 seconds. <laughs> I wouldn't tell him. Just like, Dad, can you bring me this? Ow! Thank you. <laughs> Aww. I was not a good person. Still, I'm not. Hi, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> this is one hack that I was definitely not at all interested in trying, but I thought was hilarious and ridiculous. If you forgot to put on deodorant and don't want to smell like you've been at the gym, cut a fresh lemon or orange into two halves and just rub it onto your skin. The body odor will disappear. No. Weird. That's how you get a yeast infection. Well, you're not putting it down your pubic. You can get yeast infections in your armpits, that's true. no Any, problem. Anywhere yeah. that's... Well, and it's just like, if you have oranges and lemons lying around, and you have time and the things to go and cut those up, do you not also have access to deodorant? Or could you not go get deodorant in the time that it took you to cut yeah. up said orange and rub it on yourself? If you're stopping and safe way to get an orange, just go three aisles I'm assuming that they car. mean, like, the <laughs> yeah. fruit edge, not, like, the, the lemon oil and the zest edge. Well, that's the thing. They don't make it clear. So am I getting juicy <laughs> or am I getting zesty? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is yes. <laughs> I smell like a fruit salad. <laughs> a sweaty fruit salad. Because it's not actually going to solve no. anything. No. No, you're just going to smell like B.O. and orange hair. <laughs> It'll confuse people. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that's, that is not like, like, that right there, though, is what I think of as a hack. With some, people are like, this is so clever. I am disrupting the world. It's like, no, this is, no. <laughs> you're stinky and sticky. Yeah. And if you had the time to dream this up, you had the time to do the original thing. <laughs> that's... That is what's going on here. Yeah. And if you really don't have the money to go and get deodorant, you can probably just wash a few times during the day and yeah. you'll probably be okay. Like You won't be sticky. Yeah, you won't be sticky and you won't have wasted an orange. You could have eaten that orange. Come on. No, you wasted. still could. <laughs> no, oh, no. no, you can't. No, you can't. <laughs> you use one slice for your pits and then you have a delicious snack. Yeah. <laughs> And plausible, plausible deniability for why you smell like oranges. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Oh. Also, they included the hack. Open a stuck lid hack. Run it under warm water. That's a hack? People didn't know that? I've never done that. Really? I always use the end of a butter knife and just smack it. So that looks like witchcraft to me. I cannot get that to work. I just work on it with my hands until I get carpal tunnel and need to prop up my keyboard. <laughs> No, it's something that I learned every time I asked my dad to open a jar for me, he would just get a butter knife out and hit it in the direction that 
the cap turns, and it only takes two or three hits, and then no problem. Huh. I've never even heard of anybody running it out of water. I've water. always <laughs> run it underwater. Like, that's what that's what my mom did. That's yeah. what I've always done. you get water in whatever's in your jar. No, you don't. You just closed. warm it to warm it. Like, yeah. that's all it is. It's just to warm it up a little bit, and then you dry it off. And for a lot of things, it works. And especially for stuff that is sticky, like jam that's stuck, mm-hmm. it will mm-hmm. soften the sense, jam, yeah. and it'll make it really easy, but it doesn't make it runny on the inside. Hmm. Like to get beads off you are often told to freeze them because then the metal and the glass contract at different rates so that you can right. them off. But I wouldn't have thought about warming something up to get it off. Because that's But not again, my thing. again, it's because it's because, it's because it's the metal the and the glass. Because yeah. the metal is going to soften faster than the glass is, mm-hmm. so it's going to it's yeah. gonna move. So it is a life hack. It's totally a life hack. It's a hack. life hack for some people. <laughs> I've been hacking it all along. Excellent. Okay. So I made a game, and we have a special guest for our game. Jem is joining us. Yay. Hello. Yay. How's, how's things, Jem? Uh, busy. <laughs> Quit my job. Still in school? Yeah, still in school. So, uh, so we brought him on to uh, harass him with a bunch of questions that I made up. Uh, listeners will remember that I suck at games. <laughs> uh, Ashlyn is very good at them, but, you know, if you're doing the uh, the asking of the questions, then I assume you're not participating. That is correct. Well, maybe I stand a chance. I, don't <laughs> I, mean, know. I already know the answers. All right. So, while I was looking up different ways to suppress my gag reflex, I found... You're going to have to listen to the show, Jeff. I found uh, a different kind of body hacking uh, and so these people are called grinders, as uh, in uh, what? <laughs> as in the thing you do in video games to level up. Oh, okay. My brain went elsewhere. Uh-huh. <laughs> Can you explain what that means, please. So when you're grinding in a video game, you do easy things over and over and over again in order to get points, and then your character gets more awesome. It, it, okay. It, it, it's like when I spent ten years trying to beat Zelda II, The Adventure of Link, for the <laughs> NES, uh, and I would put in hour after hour of running around in a field, uh, stabbing little slimes with my tiny little <laughs> I swords. Hate those slimes. So that I, I could eventually uh, level up my ability uh, to uh, cast magic spells. Very successful, Jen. <laughs> Let's be honest, you, you want to level up, like, your sword strike first, but, you know. Anyway, so these people have uh, come up with a variety of ways to modify their bodies in order to give themselves superpowers, essentially. <laughs> this sounds like that Scientology thing where they what? where they all have, uh, the, the, their superpowers are incredibly lame, like, I can smell real good. <laughs> Some of them are pretty lame, I have to tell you. <laughs> I have taken uh, a whole bunch of them that I found in an article... And then I've also added several fake ones. I tried to make sure they were very fake, but there was at least one of them where I googled it and it turned out to be a real thing. I <laughs> <laughs> score sheet set up. Alright, the first one. Magnets are often among the first hacks grinders try. Piercing shops embed a neodymium magnet the size of a grain of rice beneath the skin of a finger. The magnets are coated in materials like titanium nitride, which is the same substance that is used to coat replacement hips, silicone, or Teflon. When a user encounters an electromagnetic field, it vibrates against the nerves, enabling the user to feel things like power transformers or microwave ovens. Or they can perform party tricks like dangling paper clips off their fingers. Is this a real hack or a thing I made up? I don't have a catchy title for this. <laughs> <laughs> real crap or fake crap? <laughs> yeah. 
pack or crap? <laughs> it could be both. <laughs> Let's start with Lauren. You gave a fancy name for the coating, so I'm pretty sure you didn't go and look that up somewhere else, so I'm going to say this is a real hack people do. I am skeptical that it would actually give them the, the ability to detect uh, EM fields uh, via vibration. Uh, like, it's possible, but I don't trust that the people they have doing these insertions would get that right enough. <laughs> uh, I do believe the, the silly party trick thing, though. Uh, so I'll say it's a real thing. I also think it's a thing that people do. Yes, this is definitely a real thing that people do. I am also skeptical about the uh, vibrating thing. Yeah. Yeah. And whatever happened to just sticking, like, a pin through the first couple of layers of skin and dangling those off your fingers? <laughs> <laughs> that is also a party trick you can do in your own time. <laughs> All right. Researchers wanted to know if they could enhance subjects' perception of time. So they implanted tiny devices into the ear, which would make a small click every minute. After oh, a month... On. <laughs> researchers <laughs> researchers turned off the device and uh, over a period of time asked the subjects to tell them when five minutes had elapsed. So they timed it and they said, you know, start and then tell me when five minutes is over. Turn off your internal clock data. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nine out of ten of them were able to do so with a margin of error of ten seconds. Real hack or fake? I'm going to say real again. Sounds believable, if maddening. I'll Tick-tock. say... <laughs> oh no! I, that was not that was not me telling you to to, to speed You're the up. Only that was uh, sure sounded like it. <laughs> no, that was me trying to mimic the uh, the the very annoying clicking sound that I'm sure everybody heard in their ears. You don't sound like ticks, honey. I'm going to sit. I'm going to go with false. It is not a thing that happened. <laughs> it's most likely a thing that happened, whether it's real or not. Like whether it works is yes. That's what I meant. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to say no. Real or crap? It's crap. Okay. This is a thing I totally made up. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> I was not able to find anyone who had tried this. It sounds like the most aggravating thing I can imagine. <laughs> can you imagine the first night trying to sleep? Tick, tick. <laughs> well, like, you... People have clocks, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. But I can't sleep with a clock in the room. Well, yeah, and they don't have clocks in their ear. <laughs> yeah, like uh, that you can never get away from. Remember that clock in that house we were Oh, yeah, we at? we uh, were sleeping at a friend's house when we went down to an event in the States, and right over the bed was, like, this very fancy, enormous mantle clock, and it just was so loud. The first thing we did when we got in there was take it and bring it to a different room and hide <laughs> it for the weekend. <laughs> Anyway. <clears throat> Alright, the next one. Sonar Perception. An off-the-shelf kit whose dolphin-like rangefinder locates an object in a dark room using an ultrasonic distance sensor. It then sends electromagnetic pulses to a magnet in the user's finger, providing a sense of things like an object's size and distance. As a user moves closer to the object, the sensations grow stronger. For people without magnet implants, a wearable magnet works just as well, delivering the same sensory vibrations outside the skin. Laura. Okay, let me get the definition again, right? I'm saying it is fact that people do this, not that it works, right? Yeah, this is this is a thing that you can implant in your body. Okay, I'm going to say it's totally a thing you can implant in your body. <laughs> totally. Yeah, you can. <laughs> Don't know why you would. Okay, uh, so you are suggesting that users can detect 
arbitrary objects using an external rangefinder that is communicating with a finger granule magnet? Yes. No. You have it exactly nope. right. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. <laughs> All right, this is totally a thing that you can put in your body. Oh, yep. Jesus. Of course it is. As soon as you said wearable magnet, I'm like, yeah, you can totally buy but this how, thing. Like, so what, I don't know like, how it decides what you're looking at. Yeah, I have no that's idea. The thing. It doesn't. It doesn't, you guys. It doesn't. Why are we arguing? It doesn't. As you, as you get I'm closer, assuming that this has to actually work. Yeah. As you get closer, it vibrates harder. Yeah, but how would you know that that vibration means, like, it's big versus it, like it's tall versus it's long versus it's wide versus no it moves fast like you wouldn't know don't you want to be a dolphin laura no <laughs> don't want to be a dolphin some somebody is going to clip out that segment of you uh yelling about vibrating things being big and long and tall <laughs> shut up somebody being me <laughs> all right researchers wanted to know if they could instill a learned sense of direction for seven weeks, 13 subjects wore belts with 30 vibrating motors stitched onto an elastic fabric that indicated when they were facing magnetic north. The subjects went about their normal lives. Over time, they improved their overall orientation abilities on a subcognitive level. With the belt, one does not have to always care so much whether there is a turn. One simply feels it. Quote from a user. Once the belts were removed, however, some users felt disoriented and insecure. Similar devices are now available as kits or as free plans on Instructables.com. So, do these things ex- The question is, do these exist? Uh, yeah, do they exist? Did people... Were people able to subcognitively recognize what direction that they were facing? Those are two different questions. <laughs> do they exist or do they work? Is, yeah. Well, at this point, if I want to win, I would have to game it and probably <laughs> just... Don't contrarian, game it, but Just... uh, I, I'm not going to. Uh, I'm going because I think that this actually uh, does exist. So ye real fact, thing. real okay. thing. <laughs> yeah. Not well, you know what I mean. Yeah, I think this exists. I think this is a thing people try to do. This is a thing that exists, and it apparently worked quite well. Like people were able to tell what direction they were facing after uh, an amount of time wearing this thing. Ashlyn, should we make one? Yeah, it sounds really useful for me, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely no sense of direction. (laughs) They didn't do very well once the belts were removed. They weren't. They weren't. You have to constantly wear your vibrator (laughs) for you to know where you are. Yeah, but I thought that was kind of a cool one, that you could get a sense of direction by wearing this thing. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Christmas list solved. Researchers have now developed implantable solar panels that live under the skin of the neck and soak up the small amount of light that gets through. About the size of a dime and quite flexible, these implants are already being used to power things like pacemakers, which otherwise require a new battery and hence a new surgery every few years. Uh, I mean, photovoltaics are still not great. We're at, what, like 30% under optimal conditions? Optimal conditions be, would be, in this case, always in the sun, essentially, uh, which under the skin of your neck is not. <laughs> not optimal. The size of a dime. I mean, a pacemaker requires basically nothing, but still, there are much better ways to power a pacemaker, like, you know, m- movement. Uh, I'm going to call bullshit on this. Okay, Laura. I'm also calling bullshit on it. Okay. Let's make it a trifecta. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so this is a thing I made up. 
but this is the one that I had to alter once I <laughs> googled it because there are actually photovoltaic cells that can go under the skin. They're just not yet being used to power pacemakers. Hmm. So they've researched these things that they put them under basically skin-like conditions and had subjects wear them around, uh, and they generated way more than enough to power a pacemaker. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Like, pacemaker does not require much, but... Yeah, it's like 10 millivolts, something ridiculously small. Wow. Um, And so this is a thing that's totally going to happen in the next few years. Hmm. But it hasn't happened yet. Like, what? other than a pacemaker, (laughs) Mm -hmm. which which is like a very low bar to hop across, what else that's useful could be powered like that. You could sleep with your cell phone on your shoulder. It's not going to charge. It's not going to charge. Like, charging a cell phone requires an absurd amount of power, especially because charging is bad, right? Like, charging technology... In addition to photovoltaics being very inefficient, charging anything is super inefficient, Mm -hmm. so... Yeah. Uh, That was the only actual uh, device that was mentioned by name, but they did suggest that there were other applications for this. Hmm. I don't know what they might be. There aren't there um like brain implants that occasionally stimulate things oh, like for, yeah, for seizure prevention yeah, and stuff. Yeah, like I was that. thinking something like that or I there might be some of like I know that sometimes they use things for muscle spasms and right. that. Or even so like there's... gut movement sometimes. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or eventually when we get prosthetics that could you know, feel through the skin and I f- but I feel like that would require a lot, a lot of power. power. Yeah. 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 But again, Eventually. down the road. I feel like though, what happens when you live in Manitoba and you wear long sleeves <laughs> so, all um, the time in the winter? So that's why it's your neck, because that's okay. going to be less likely to be covered. Um, the study that I got this information from was conducted in Switzerland. So okay. it, you know, they, it's, I mean, it's milder, but it's not like tropical. Yeah, and they did it over three seasons. So they tested it in summer, winter, and spring. And they had the subjects cover up the panel anytime that their neck would be covered. So like if they went outside with a scarf. Hmm. I guess I it's it another really reason cool to get a satellite. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking, I mean, like, another thing, too, is just being, like, every day you sit under a lamp for mm-hmm. half an hour, yeah. and that's just what you do, oh, right? I'm to charge my neck. And they said, <laughs> yeah. every... That's a super inefficient way to charge, though, <laughs> sitting under a lamp that you're already powering with something else. Why wouldn't you just want, to like, something that can plug in? I guess you don't want but to plug something into your skin. Yeah, yeah like, you, yeah. you want something that can be in, and like Ashlyn said, it, then you don't need a surgery. Prevent yeah. surgery. And you, you, you don't, don't want, want your s- plug-in. You don't want your body to be a plug-in hybrid vehicle. Yeah, <laughs> I've played a Decker in Shadowrun. It's pretty cool. <laughs> they also tested this in a bunch of different age groups, and it was interesting. They said that the older uh, the test group was, the more energy they generated, and their theory is that folks who were retired had more time to go outside during the day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sad. More time and probably more... Inclination? Inclination. Maybe. All right, next one. The deep-sea dragonfish, found in oceans of the southern hemisphere, swims a mile below the water's surface. A chlorophyll derivative in its eyes helps it see in the dark. In March 2015, California biohackers wanted to try a similar derivative, chlorine E6. They bought 100 milligrams from a medical supplier... And two hours after dosing, one subject was able to identify people 50 feet away in a darkened area 100% of the time, while four control subjects had a 33% success rate. So far, there have been no bad side effects. Chlorophyll in the eyes. Uh, I don't know whose turn it is first. Laura? Oh, man. That sounds exactly like something that Silicon Valley would do. 
exactly like it. Let's just take this random sub- substance and shove it in really squishy body parts. <laughs> California biohackers is pretty much like the, the exact people that you would expect something like yeah, this. From, yeah, so sure, let's say they did this. <laughs> I don't think it worked, but let's say they did it. <laughs> I still get squicked out by the thought of like breathing the liquid thing in the in the abyss movie mm, yep, yeah yep. so this just never think about the eyeballs yeah they did it remember when james cameron used to make yep. good movies i do actually <laughs> i do no way this is true <laughs> <laughs> i mean th- this is straight out of a uh cory doctorow or annalee newitz novel uh, speaking of which annalee newitz's uh novel autonomous i'm about halfway through it very good hmm. patent piracy forever Nice. Uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah, uh, chlorophy- chlorophyll in the uh, chlorophyll derivative. Well, like, why would a fish have like like I can see a chlorophyll adjacent molecule? It wouldn't be necessarily derived. Well, I'm, I'm, maybe if it's eating. Uh, this all seems very fishy to me. Uh, I am. I am going to say no. Nope. 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 I already said yes. Okay. Uh, this is totally a thing that happened, apparently. God damn it! Of course it is! <laughs> of course I'm it so is. bad at this! <laughs> yeah, so um, I, I actually took out a bunch of details because I didn't want it to be way longer than all of the other ones and give it away, and I think there's already still probably too many details in here, but they, they had to dilute it with, like, insulin and saline and then, like, inject it into the eye, and it... <laughs> So it actually helps them to see in the red light that's cast by a bioluminescent organ in the fish. And in in a dark room, it worked, apparently. It sounds awful. So so they're they're detecting, essentially, like, body radiation, like, in the infrared? I don't know. It's just low-light vision. Yeah. I think it's... They didn't say 100% dark room, right? They said a darkened room. Okay. Huh. That is unexpected. It sounds very wild, right? A hundred percent? Yeah. I don't know how many trials they did. Yeah. Well, and, and did they do... Did Were people their own controls as well? Or did they just... Or no, did they, they control said, no, against said, each other? No, it was really good low-light vision. Well, that's what I'm thinking, right? They had four other people yeah. who didn't do very well. But maybe then, all those people were vitamin A deficient. You don't know. Like, I'm Because I don't trust these biohackers to actually control and do anything appropriately. Yeah. So. Anyway, isn't Deep Sea Dragonfish a really badass name? Yes. yes. My new band name. Cool. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> right. You might think that those laser keyboards that will project a usable keyboard onto any desk are cool, but grinders have taken it one step further. <laughs> Tiny implants in each fingertip can now take the place of your keyboard. Sensors in your wrist connect via Bluetooth to your device, and you can type on any surface as accurately as you can on a regular keyboard. No extra equipment required. Well, it would negate the need for binder clips. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Wrong. Didn't happen. Uh, yeah, definitely false. Also, those laser keyboards are not cool. They suck. Uh, <laughs> I need some sort of tactile feedback. <laughs> I'm also gonna say it did not happen, but I feel like maybe one day... It yeah, oh, b- Bluetooth? Come on. That is a really shitty technology. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, like, as accurately as a, uh, a laser keyboard, maybe I could believe, but not as accurately as a tactile keyboard, because the feeling the edges of the keys is super important for accurate uh, yep. typing, uh, unless you have a really good autocorrect, which is never really good. <laughs> 
yeah, this is totally a fake thing I made up. <laughs> I, I expected this to be the easiest fake, uh, like, the easiest fake one to get by you, though. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you would fall for it. Because... You would have to accurately measure each typist how like how their fingers move when they reach for a key, because I know that my typing style is different from say your typing style definitely, and I haven't seen Jem's typing style up close, but mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure our typing styles are very different. I would think the most plausible one that you could accomplish, I just don't think we'd accomplish it the way you suggest. Right. Like, totally measuring finger movement, you could do that, and what you'd want to do, Lauren, is just throw, like, uh, just a simple neural net in there, and it would figure out your typing style I was going to say, there would be, like, a calibration phase. Yeah, exactly. yeah you'd have to type yeah. on a regular yeah. keyboard for yeah, a bit. Yeah, you just type on a regular keyboard mm-hmm. for a bit. And, and then, like, you put the dimensions of said keyboard or something like that, yeah. and then... Yeah, and it it, it could, it, like, if it had some sort of proprioceptive, some sort of sense of where your fingers are moving, not just which one is moving, but sort of how far, at least to some degree, I, I would say you could be more accurate. Yeah. But. I'm sure this is something that will be a thing in some form. Yeah. Eventually. Maybe I'm curmudgeoning, but not for me. I like my keyboards. <laughs> Imagine walking down the street and hearing a hotspot's presence. Oh, God. (laughs) In your ear every minute. (laughs) London journalist Frank Swain is partially deaf. He wears hearing aids that link via Bluetooth to his smartphone. A sound engineer friend hacked his phone's software, so now it sends melodies and Geiger counter-like clicks to his hearing aids when it detects Wi-Fi zones. I pick up a lot more data than you might think, Swain says. Routers give away a lot through the pitch of their digital signals, including the brand, the type of router, the internet service provider, whether high security or low security. I can even home in on their location using stereo. Jim. So if this is a, so if it's a digital signal, it like, this is, we're, we're talking, I don't know. I, I, the, the way he described that is uh, suspect. Um, I mean, the, the pitch of the digital signal does not really make sense, like coming from the router, but it could be the way it is being interpreted by the, whatever software his friend provided. I could see them varying the pitch based on those things. But that would be something that they do rather than something that the router does. I mean, the router will broadcast that information, but not in a way that would be, that would de facto show show up as a pitch on its own. But yeah, this, yeah, I I believe that this happened. I also believe that this happened. You put names in the thing, so yes, I believe it happened. Yeah, Yeah. it's just such a cool story though, isn't it? (laughs) It, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of, like, Jordy's vision on Next yeah. Generation, you know, where he's picking up, like, spectra all over the place yeah. that are invisible mm-hmm. to you. It also sounds incredibly maddening. I yes. would not want this technology. No. Again, like Jordy's uh, <laughs> uh, visor. Yeah, I do not know why anyone would want this ability. Sounds terrible, but is apparently a thing that happened. One grinder wanted true wireless headphones, so he implanted a magnet in the small prominence in front of each ear. He then hacked his smartphone to send audio into a signal amplifier that relays it to a wired antenna necklace around his neck. The necklace creates an electromagnetic field around his head, and the field induces vibrations in the ear magnets that he hears his music. The sound quality is decent, comparable to a cheap set of earbuds. God. Oh. <laughs> that sounds... That sounds like a lot of work for crappy sound. But it's a hack. Yeah, I know. It's wild enough that it's like, oh, maybe it actually happened. But I don't know. That seems like a lot of... So he wears the necklace. It's just the the magnet implants over here. So Mm -hmm. the magnets are inert, but the necklace interacts with the magnets such that it makes them vibrate, right? Yeah. That is what I understand. 
Okay. I wanted to I'm going to say no, this didn't happen. Yeah, I'm going to say no, because, like, how was he... It sounds like it would just be, like, a, a pitched buzz, and... No. No. Didn't you play happen. MIDI files. <laughs> no, didn't happen. Well, you definitely can... Uh, I mean, I have some bone conduction headphones mm. uh, that vibrate uh sort of where you describe and they it, it conducts along the jawbone uh we all touch the same part of our ear at the same time yeah. or... did it happen it would be tough to set this up to interact in that way i think it's possible but a single hacker doing it seems unlikely at this stage in the game so i'm gonna say no this is a real thing that happened oh! <laughs> i thought you were gonna game it this was the first one that laura and i got wrong yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um i don't have a lot more information than that this is just a thing that was reported on that he did seems like a lot of fuss and bother for nothing well especially for bad quality yeah but i mean it's cool it's a cool thing how are the bone conductor ones like i've heard of them they sound really wild uh they're great uh like the thing that i don't like about them is that they were developed by chinese state police basically and yeah so cops but uh they they work really well they are a little bit quiet compared to you know in-ear or over-ear headphones like turn it Um, up (laughs) the the depth of sound is good though like Mm -hmm. they get the quality is good the the quality is good they also bleed uh, a bit more um Mm. so you know like other people will be able to hear that you're listening to something. If I thought it's... the whole point was that that didn't happen. Well, like, if you have the volume jacked way up, I think that mm-hmm. they are great for listening to music, and they are, uh, and they're also great, you know, if you want to be able to hear stuff going on around you. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you're walking around or you're biking or mm-hmm. something like that, uh, they would be good. I usually don't listen when I'm biking anyway, just because it's I... It's illegal. I could not care less whether it's legal. Yeah. Uh, but... <laughs> But uh, because I like, I like to pay attention to your surroundings. Nope. Well, like, yeah, like, yeah. But like, I like the to experience. be like present in the experience mm-hmm. um, uh, rather than absorbed in something else. Uh, but yeah, like, uh, largely they're they're good. They they do bleed at high volume though. Mm-hmm. But I, I I like them. Many electronic systems have water cooling systems to keep them at a constant happy temperature. What if you had control of your body's temperature in the same way? German researchers have come up with an implant which circulates water through a small unit which can regulate the temperature of said water down to half a degree. The implanted hoses target key areas and can prevent overheating during athletics or hypothermia while out winter hiking. Terrifying. Lauren. When I was in college the first time, a friend of mine cooled down his computer using Dr. Pepper (laughs) in a series of tubes. We thought that was really cool until it broke. (laughs) I'm going to say no. Well, well I've, got, I've, I've got those. They're under my arms. <laughs> yeah. Put some oranges on there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for some reason, Laura, Laura refused to try that. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't want to be sticky. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like this, I don't know. This sounds like something that somebody would do plausibly, but it also seems like, uh, I don't know. No. Nah. There's, there's too much... <laughs> tubing that would have to go in yeah like yeah. like w- would you run the tubes under the skin or would they just be like like would it be a tube suit that you're wearing <laughs> tube yeah. suit <laughs> yeah. you over my a series of tubes <laughs> yeah. so so this is an implantable thing implantable system 
And is it supposed to, is it, did you say, is it a full body thing or is it just around your torso? Okay. Like that part makes it more plausible, but I don't think this happened. This is totally a thing I made up. Yeah. You freak. (laughs) (laughs) So much you learn about your wife. eh? (laughs) Oh, there's plenty of things I know about my wife. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was kind of a cool idea though. Very Android. Right. Said by somebody who needs to be cooler more of the time. I'm like, that sounds awful. Give me a blanket. That sounds good to me. But But I mean, I did put in that you could do either way, right? I guess so. I guess so. My mind just immediately went to, why would you want to be colder? Why? Why? You need like a backpack or some sort of big pack that does the heating or cooling. Yeah, I was thinking about just like, how would they exhaust the extra heat? I have no idea. Whatever. I would just just imagine like you're, you're, you're overheating and then suddenly like... Oh, oh, the yeah, refrigeration unit yeah. uh, turned on. <laughs> you got like a steam whistle. <laughs> well, you know how you can hear a fridge turn on, right? Yeah. Yeah. A cure for color blindness. In a Barcelona clinic, a surgeon, operating without ethical approval, drilled oh. four holes into the occipital bone at the base of a patient's skull and anchored a camera. Its flexible lens arcs over the head to just above his brow, where it captures the color of any object he's looking at. A chip inside his skull transposes the color into a frequency. Red becomes the musical note F, rose becomes E, etc. And then turns each frequency into a vibration picked up by his inner ear. So it turns color into sound. Whoa. That's a synesthesia. (laughs) This ghost ties into another show we did. Yay! Is it me first this time? I think so. Sure, go ahead. Okay, so th- so he's got like a, like a, a a camera arcing from the back of his uh, base of his skull over his head, over their head. I don't remember if you specified his the gender. Head. Yeah, I thought. Um, <laughs> it looks like like such a seventies like silly sci-fi <laughs> thing. Um, got an antenna. Uh, operating without ethical approval. Like, obviously that would be true, but that also sounds like uh, an Ash- Ashlyn inserting some editorialization. <laughs> uh, nah. Nope. I'm gonna say no. Yeah. I don't, I don't think so. It's just too much work for someone to see color and to hear color. No. No. Although you did say, you, like you said, it's in Barcelona. And usually when you're very specific, it means it's actually some... The last one said German researchers. Mm-hmm. Well, Barcelona is more specific than Germany. Uh, this is a real thing that happened. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, apparently the patient was a musician, and this was something that they collaborated with together, and he wanted to hear colors. Okay. Good he says the him. antenna feels like a large tooth. I have no idea how that works. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, I know what that means. Ow. Oh, I guess, I guess you know, like the feeling that you get in your in your right, face when you wiggle a it's tooth. Attached to his because it's attached bone. To, his, to his skull. Yeah. yeah. So that is all of the questions that I have. How did our panelists do, Scorekeeper? Well, <laughs> I prophesied accurately. Jem got six. And Laura and I tied with nine, because there was 11 Yay. questions, right? There were 11 questions. Yes. Laura and I got nine each. Well the done. The exact same ones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jem got six. Well, I'm glad we had Jem in for some variety of the answers. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining me today, everybody. This was a fun one. It was fun. Thanks for inviting me. Have a great night, everybody. Night. Good night. Good night. Good night.
You've been listening to Life, the Universe, and Everything Else. If you have any questions or comments, or you'd like to suggest a topic for the show, send us an email at podcast at winnipegskeptics.com. If you want to show your support, give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher, follow us on Twitter or Facebook, or just share the show with a friend. Our music is produced by the very talented Ian James, and this episode was edited by Lauren Bailey. Don't put me in your mouth. <laughs>